Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Yeah! Welcome to the basement, my friends. I am so glad you joined us. I am so glad you are here. We're going to have some fun down here. It's like Dan Campbell says, it's about to be fun, man. It's about to be fun. Uh, first of all, I'm going to give you some assurances. This really is in my basement, as it says right there. This is not some studio or some set somewhere. Just on the other side of that wall over there is my garage with, like, filthy, crappy sporting equipment. And over behind that wall, we have my bar. So that's where you and I are hanging out, right between sports and booze. That's the sweet spot. I want to introduce my co-host. That is the ultimate warrior. That's the man. That's my favorite athlete of all time. He is surrounded by all sorts of luminaries from around the 1990-1991 era. That is Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge. That's Henry Hill, Karen, uh, and the rest of these people you can figure out on your own. If you get sick of looking at my mug, just look at theirs, and I'll talk sports, and we'll have all kinds of fun. Also, check this out. Watch this. Look at this camera up here. Bam! Go to it. See? We got all kinds of fun, I promise you. We got a basketball hoop. Watch this. First on the pressure shot. This is an omen for the show. Banked off the glass! Boom! Uh, we got darts. We have uh, a, a stationary bike, not naming the brand over there, that I will actually incorporate into the segments and to the bits that we do. I promise you, this is not going to be boring. And this is show number one, and you are here, and I love you. I want to kiss you right on the lips. But first, I promise to bring you in this show all the things that I love, some of the things that I hate, and a lot of the things that I find hilarious. And guess how we start each and every show? With what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Roll it. Yeah! Find a more punchable face. I dare you. That's your homework for the next 24 hours. You won't be able to do it. You want to know what I love, though? Oh, baby, how do I love NFL Prediction Week? It's so fun. We are right in the eye of the storm right now. We have kickoff in a couple of days. Bills versus Rams. A lot more on that later from one of the central characters. But first, you get all, all the me types. All the blah, 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 talking heads, the journalists, uh, the influencers, the talk show hosts. They've been doing their summer homework. They've been reading their George Orwell 1984. It's a catch a mockingbird. They've been studying all the teams. And then they check in this week with, here's the team that will win the division. Here's the team win the wild card. Here's the team win the Super Bowl. And everybody's minds explode. And there's so many takes and so much rage. And none of them are right. But I'm really excited about a few people I want to call out. Because everybody's got their dumb predictions. And so maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. Who cares? I like where we're at. Because we have a new frontier in Prediction Week. And we owe that new frontier to Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, Zach Taylor, every member of the Bengals organization who had the bleeping Cincinnati Bengals, one of the worst organizations in sports, in the Super Bowl. And nobody predicted it. No one saw it coming. And so now we're like, Wow, if the Bengals can get to the Super Bowl, who knows what can happen? I want to be the guy or the girl who nails that prediction, who sticks the landing, who called the Lovey Smith Texans to win the AFC. So I'm going to do it. So listen, some of these predictions out there are so chalk and so boring, and who knows if they're going to be right? They're probably not. Due respect, I'm going to start the show by doing this. I'm sure he'll love it. Peter Stragan, Good Morning Football this morning, comes out and says, well, in the NFC, I got the Bucks, the Packers, the Eagles, and the Rams. And I, I was falling asleep at the table. I love Peter. Peter knows football and stuff. Maybe he'll be right. But there was just no foresight. 
And Peter's going to hate me for that. We'll have to take it up later. But let me call out some people who did have it. First of all, Peter King has been in this since before I was born, before you were born. He likes the Saints. <laughs> I don't. I don't like him at all. But he thinks the Saints are just going to run away with this, the number one seed in the NFC. I guess he implicitly trusts Jameis Winston. I don't. I think he's pound for pound one of the most entertaining athletes we have in any sport, Jameis. It is always a show. Often that show is a snuff film or a car accident, but it's always a show. Uh, you can do those videos. You know, they used to do reaction videos of people like, you, a video of someone watching a video and just to see the shock value of them. I would watch videos of people watching Jameis Winston play football, but that's because most of the time it ends in some sort of cat catastrophe. I don't like the Saints, but I like that Peter King picked the Saints. You want to know who another hero is? Jamie Erdahl. Jamie Erdahl, formerly of CBS, now of the NFL Network and a very, very close co-worker of mine. Check out what Erdahl did. She showed up jacking out of her cleats. This is a former college softball player. She's ripping that thing and bat flipping him. Erdahl has um, no Packers in the playoffs, not even a wild card. That's pretty good. That's when you just light the cigarette, walk on, say, man, I feel proud of how bold I was today. She didn't stop. She lit another cigarette, poured herself a glass of wine, made a sandwich, turned on the TV and said, I also don't have the Chiefs in the playoffs. I love it. Okay. That's your pick. As I said, no one picked the Bengals last year. They would have been looked at as idiots if they picked them to even be in the playoffs, let alone win the division, let alone win the AFC. Jamie Erdahl went with both of them. Let's keep going. Nick Wright. Nick Wright. You beautiful bastard. I've known Nick for a long time. We sort of came up together, if you would. Nick Wright says, all right, I'm going to get in this fray. I'm going to throw some punches. What's the one punch nobody ever wants to throw? What is like the, almost a taboo? In the NFC, no one wants to pick the Lions, and I don't think anybody did. Nick Wright said, I'm going to Duval County. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it from years ago when they had Jalen Ramsey and all those guys, Leonard Fournette. I'm doing this crew, the team that has had the number one pick in the league two years in a row. An incredible embarrassment. No team's ever had it three. They could do it. No, Nick Wright says they're going to the playoffs. Nick Wright, my man, how dare anybody accuse you of only having LeBron takes? They're not paying attention. Nick Wright says, fine. And you know what? Last year, the Jaguars did not have a human being as their head coach. They did not have a homo sapien head coach. Now they do. It happens to be Doug Peterson, a guy who literally has a statue outside of Philadelphia, and he's got a ton of talent. And are you really that scared if I mean the AFC South? I like the Titans. Everybody likes the Colts. But I am in on it. These are the people that we have to champion. Anybody who comes up and says, well, I think the Chiefs are too good, and, uh, you know, the Bills, like, that's great, and we like those teams too, but, like, take some shots. You are not going to be right picking all one seeds in the NCAA tournament bracket. You are not going to be right just picking all the front runners. I love the people who pick teams that maybe not everybody's picking. You want to know what? You're looking at one of them right now. Do you know who I picked in the NFC South? Do you know who I had the audacity to pick in the NFC South on national television? It wasn't the Bucks. I've already covered the Saints. It wasn't the Falcons. I chose the Carolina Panthers to win the NFC South. One quick reasoning. Here you go. Last year, lest you forget, before Christian McCaffrey got injured, the Panthers were 3-0. They were an undefeated team. Last year, they had the worst quarterback play of all 32 teams. Pick up any available metric you can find. The Panthers had the worst quarterback play by far. I think Baker is better. I think the defense is young and athletic. Again, I don't trust Mariota. I don't trust Jameis. And are you telling me there's not some fractures going on with the Buccaneers? Come on. 
Come on. I still think Brady's going to make the playoff. I think they make the wild card. I think the Panthers win the AFC South. And you know what you think of it? I don't really care. That's the point. It's prediction week. We get after it. I love my brothers and sisters who have taken a shot. You all do the same responses. Uh, what's in their coffee cup? Uh, what are they smoking? Drug test them. It's always the same stupid internet jokes from the same stupid internet booger eaters. Respect that they had the pride and the courage to do it. It's what I love. But now, let's get to what I hate. Here we go. All right, I lied. I lied. Uh, another what I love. I love an NFL schedule flex. I just love it when Roger Goodell says, no, no, can I work in? And he takes the barbell and goes, boom, get out of here, uh, Texans, Jaguars, week 12. I want Packers, Cardinals, or whatever the hell. It is such a power move. Of all the power that man has, I love when he flexes the schedule. But here's what I hate. Right here, Cobra Kai, all that. Badges, I got the black thing on. Strike first, no mercy. I strike first on... I wish they could flex a, a week one game. A week one game. What do I want to flex? All due respect to Russell Wilson returning back to Seattle, which is you know, a cool story and everything. I want them to flex Browns-Panthers into prime time. Browns-Panthers. Baker Mayfield against the Browns. This is the game, guys. I don't know if I'm going to like a game on the schedule all season. Never mind week one. It is going to be sitting there buried in the one o'clock early window. And when Scott Hansen goes to the Octo box, it's going to be the lower right corner. And that is a shame. I wish we could take this thing Sunday night, Monday, even late afternoon on Sunday. It's not. It's buried. I love this game. I don't know if there's a player in the league that is more hashtag chip on the shoulder, driven, fueled, whatever, than Baker Mayfield. And just think about the, the, the thick Shakespearean drama of this. What are the odds? The, the guy, Mike North, who makes the schedule for the NFL, he wasn't supposed to know that Browns Panthers was going to mean anything. It means everything. Baker Mayfield, again, who was with a whole college thing. He was too short, had to catch on, had to walk on, overlooked in the draft, worked his way to the number one pick. And now he gets kicked out of Cleveland and has to look at them and say, you got rid of me. That you, you, you idiot losers were 1-31 before I showed up. You went 0-16, decided to keep your coach, went 1-31. I showed up. We started winning. We're in the playoffs. We're beating Pittsburgh. You want to get rid of me. Okay. You want to get rid of me and replace me with that guy who looks like he did those things? And you want to pay him that much money? That's how much you hate me? For what's his name over there? For that much money, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, the, the passion, I, I'm i unapologetically rooting for Baker Mayfield in this, and not just because I picked the Panthers to win the South. I hope he takes that ball, puts it in every orifice of the Browns organization. Absolutely, you can quote me on that. Baker Mayfield's been in some huge games in college. He's been in a couple of huge games in the pros, too. And he's also got T-shirts. T-shirts! Oh, let me get to the T-shirt. It's not even on the screen. That's me and the geek. Um, he's been in, I think this is a top-five game for Baker Mayfield of his life. Take a couple of those college games, take the two playoff games, and then week one against the Cleveland Browns. This is not something that SB Nation Panthers made, whoever in me, keeppounding.com. Baker put that together. He's doing it. I'm off the leash. I'm no longer chained in the dog pound with the Browns. And I'll tell you what, Miles Garrett, who gets real cheeky and has got big personality, he's got takes, and he's an interesting guy, he should show up to the stadium, road game, with a leash. 
with a leash. No, 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 buddy. You're going back on the leash. And I'll tell you what, it should be one of those retractable leashes with the blue a bag of crap on the bottom that you can just pull out and bag up Baker's fumbles or interceptions that he's going to cause. It's so good. So good. I'll tell you something. The Browns have to win this game. The Browns have been in a couple of playoff games that Baker Mayfield was starting for them. I think this is one of the biggest games in the decade for the Cleveland Browns. Week one at Carolina. It doesn't jump off the page. It does now. You can't lose this game and have Baker throw four touchdowns. You look like idiots. Like, you had that guy. You know he was hurt last year. You know the year before he was a top ten guy. You can look up the stats and you got rid of him. Again, for that guy, for that money, do not let Baker Mayfield light you up. You look like imbeciles. And the number one media moments... The number one media moment for all of week one. Josh Allen versus Aaron Donald. Doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. It is after Baker Mayfield beats the Browns, steps to the podium, gets that sly look on his face, and has a nice little sound bite to just deliver right to them and a kiss my ass and a middle finger. That is the one. We should flex that into prime time. I hate that we can't. I'm getting worked up about this. I'm going to sweat in the basement. You're going to see that a lot, especially right now. It's roughly 190 degrees in this room. The warrior and I are sweating. That's why I got to lighten the mood. We've done what I love. We've done what I hate. Let's say you uh, do uh, what's hilarious with me. Let's go. What's hilarious is this small, small percentage of you who know that that is a Max Headroom reference. Do you know who Max Headroom is? Doesn't matter. That's what it is, I assure you. There's going to be references that go over your head. It's going to be them going over my head. It's okay, we'll get through this. Uh, the Dolphins play the Patriots in week one. Um, I like the game. I like there's a lot of heat on the Dolphins right now. Nobody's picking the Patriots for the playoffs, by the way. Good morning football this morning. 0 for 4. 0 for 4 wild card. But... Uh, Mike McDaniel has taken us on this nice little journey over the past six months. Or He's irreverent. He's different. He's dry. He looks like he's a bleeping uh, Wes Anderson character. And he gave us one last taste before we kick off. This is a little shefty tweet right here. Mike McDaniel and facing Bill Belichick. Can there be a larger disparity in career win-loss total? No. It would be a bigger deal, I think, if Coach Belichick and I were on the field, maybe doing like an Oklahoma drill. But I don't foresee that happening. And everybody laughs, and everybody likes it, and because he's different, and I think refreshing. A lot of ways to go with this. I do find it hilarious. I also find it interesting that if you look at the replies to that tweet, or even just some of the general reaction of Mike McDaniel online, he's really pissing some people off. Um, I'm in the camp of... Okay, how many just like, you know, stock white meathead head coaches can we have to just get churned out and just say the same stuff about execution and chemistry and building an environment? Don't you want a different flavor sometimes? Mike McDaniel is really different in the way he talks, in his background, in the way he looks. Like, it, that is an NFL head coach, and I love it. People are like, shut up, nerd. This guy is annoying. Just shut up and coach football. Because this is interesting. He's done six months of the funny little quotes, which I like. If he gets housed by Belichick in week one, this weekend, if he just loses 31 to 20, it's, it's kind of over. Like the dream run of everyone like me saying he's refreshing, he's cool, is over. Especially if Tua doesn't look good. Especially if Tyreek doesn't get involved. There's a whole conversation with Mike McDaniel there where the quotes have been great. You made some nice moves on the roster. Now win. Beat Belichick week one. And we got some cool things going on. But I think we're burying the lead here. He mentioned the Oklahoma drill. Now for like 90s era Pantera listening uh, old high school football players like me, the Oklahoma drill brings back memories. You line up, you basically smash two players into each other like a five-year-old with Hot Wheels, just bashing them, or like Michael Bay with Transformer movies, boom! Um, and I, I'm very, very amused, and the hilarious portion of it is, 
the actual reality of Bill Belichick and Mike McDaniel doing that. It also is an interesting who you got because Mike McDaniel looks like he's 112 pounds, just wiry as all get out. And then Belichick is significantly older. Uh, I don't think terribly good shape, all due respect. And yet I, I still think Belichick wins. Let's back it up even further. If you were to power rank the current NFL ho- head coaches, the current NFL head coaches based on Oklahoma drill ability, who are we going with? Who's taking it home? I, I, I'm just going to throw out the obvious names for you. Our one seed, our undefeated, you know, North Carolina or Duke team entering the tournament is obviously Dan Campbell. He's got the Mark McGuire forearms. He's got the Bill Goldberg traps. Every single person who runs into him on Hard Knocks seems the same stupid joke about, oh, you look like you'd still play, coach. He's, he's got the, the Buffalo Bill voice. And I don't mean the Bills in the AFC East. I'm talking about the one in the basement with Jody Foster. Like, he's got, he's got intimidation. He's massive. He obviously still throws the weights around. I don't know if he's doing the testosterone thing. I mean, whatever he does, it looks great. Dan Campbell is your one seed. However, there's punching power in Tennessee. You want any part of Mike Vrabel in the Oklahoma drill? Hell no. Mike Vrabel, former Ohio State, former in, in New England Patriot. He's got a dip in about the size of a cue ball. We know he still lifts. We know he still runs. He will jack you up with leverage, with bad intentions. He'll throw those elbows. He'll grab cloth, as they say, bring the hips through. Like, I can't, Campbell would certainly obliterate me. I, I, I just don't know if he could take out Vrabel. And then I got to throw one more. If you just think it's going to be Campbell versus Vrabel on the boxing poster, like nose to nose like that in the face-off, uh-uh. That's Robert Sala's music we hear. And you go to the dressing room shot, and the Gorilla Monsoon call says, oh, my God, it's Robert Sala comes in. Sala's rock solid. Now, he doesn't have the crazy playing career like Vrabel or Campbell in the NFL. Is an old college tight end. I got to meet big Bob Sala. And you know how you do the thing, the kind of power move you try to do where you shake someone's hand? First of all, you almost go down on the handshake. And then I try to, like, go hand to the shoulder to show that I'm really excited to meet you, coach. And this thing, he had a bowling ball in there. He is rock solid. He's also psychologically solid. He's got a whole bunch of kids at home. He's coaching the New York Jets, which can't be good for your health. Maniac. Maniac. So I'm going to say Sala, Campbell, Vrabel. I'm going to toss in big Mike McCarthy because he's bringing that giant barrel-chested chassis that he runs with. A lot of physics behind that. I wouldn't want that. And I don't want to mess with Mike Tomlin in any way. So those are my guys. Honestly, 32 might be McDaniel and Belichick, and yet I still think Belichick would find a way to slit your throat and make a necklace out of your ears. So I don't want anything to do with Belichick in that. What I'm saying is, Mike McDaniel, you might be 32nd at the Oklahoma drill, which I'm so excited about. I'm starting to speak in tongues. We might have to do this at some point. Tweet. Tweet the show. Do I have it wrong? Is it Campbell in a runaway? Don't sleep on Robert Sala. Um, this has been some start to the show. The Warriors fired up. I'm fired up. I'm going to throw some darts, but you think this is exciting. Oh, my God. We need to have a guest here. Only certain guests are allowed in the basement. And with the uh, Rams and the Bills about to kick off to start the 2022 NFL season, there's really no one bigger that we could have gotten to come in than this guy. Why don't you just go ahead and roll it? It is my thrill to invite the first guest ever into the basement, and you can't beat this guy. And here he is, the pride of Fireball, the governor of New York, our guy, Josh Allen. Welcome to the basement, bud. 
Thank you for having me on, Kyle. I love the animation. I'm um, looking forward to it. <laughs> We've been waiting for months for this, dude. We've been waiting for years for this. I have to set the table right off with a simple question. Off the field, on the field, how's life? Life's good. I'm moving right now. I'm actually in the basement, just like uh, the name of the podcast <laughs> here. Uh, moving in, so there's nothing on the walls. Eventually, I'll have some, some cool-looking pictures back there. But for now, I uh, just try to get settled in before season starts and uh, turn on my focus towards football. Um, well, I got a guy for you. I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this masterpiece, Josh. We commissioned this. Like, this person is a maniac. You just tell him, who are your favorite guys? I'm an Ultimate Warrior guy. And then you got, like, the Wet Bandits and Steven Seagal and Vanilla Ice. And they can do whatever you want. I even, check this thing out. They even made me this. Look at that. That's you, buddy. I you, love I, that. I can hook That's you up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to Josh Allen's basement. All right, I'll hook you up. Uh, Josh, I don't think we should go any further without telling uh, the mafia, telling the fans at large. Share with them, if you will, announce uh, the plans that you and I have reached for this season. Go ahead. Yeah, this will be a uh, weekly thing. Uh, I'm excited to be joining on every Tuesday. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be aired, but every Tuesday I'll be joining you here live at Kyle Brandt's basement, um, and I'm excited to do it. Uh, thrilled, thrilled that you are doing it. There's a lot of things you could have done. You decided to come to the basement. We'll see if it was a good choice. You're known for your decision-making, so I think it'll be great. And Josh, I'm thinking a lot about, all right, so what should I ask you? What should we talk about? But I went um, counterintuitive on this. I started thinking about, what should I not ask him? And I'll tell you why. A couple years back, I was working for the Bears, and their quarterback at the time was Mitch Trubisky, your old teammate, is now with the Steelers. And the Bears did a really smart thing, where they gave you in the media this like little memo about, Here's the things you probably shouldn't ask Mitch. He's just kind of over them. It's not serious stuff. It's just kind of questions that kind of he rolls his eyes at and he's done with. I want to start with some honesty between us. What are those questions okay. for Josh Allen, the ones where you're like, oh, my God, this thing again? Let's just get him out there because then I won't ask and we can handle it. Um, I'm a pretty open book. I don't have too many bugaboos about me. Um, mm-hmm. Coin toss, maybe one. I don't know. That's that's really the only thing. I, I hear that all the time. I think everybody knows that about now. But uh, no, man, I'm uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm I'm willing to talk about anything. See, I thought that might be the case. You're not a bugaboo guy, and yet I watch a lot of interviews you do, and you're very patient. And listen, when they go into the so, Josh, uh, to play in that incredible game uh, in the playoffs, to score that many points and have it come down and you can't come out at the end, how frustrating was that? I mean, you've gotten that a lot. Like, we're ready to start this game against the Rams and move yeah. on, right? <laughs> yes, sir, absolutely. No doubt in my mind, ready to turn the, turn the, uh, the page in that book and start a new one. And uh, Von Miller actually spoke to the team um, last week and he talked about making, a, uh, making an album. And every week is a new different song that we're trying to put on this album. So uh, this is a completely new season. We're, we're moving on. We're, we're turning the page, and uh, we're looking forward to Thursday night. That's fascinating about the album. That couldn't be more Von Miller if he tried. I mean, that's perfect. So, like, what's the idea for track one? Like, what kind of song do you want? What kind of, what kind of anthem? Yeah, the thing is, most people have in their albums now intros, and you kind of skip yeah, those. Yeah. We don't want to skip this one. We, wanna, we want this one to play out. So uh, it... The album's going to be set really on that first uh, first track. So we got to go out there, put our best foot forward, try to win a football game. 
See, this is great. You're saying how most albums have intros now. There's a generational divide between Josh and me that we're going to have a lot of fun with this year. I cannot wait to get into that, but more on the question of like what we're kind of over talking about. I mean, I don't know how many times you've gotten this question last month, some version of, you know, there's so much hype and expectations on this team, Josh, you know, how do you deal with it? Um, I have a theory on you. I have never seen someone through training camp have more fun, be almost childlike and joyful with it. And I think it's because you've never had it. Like you've never been the guy on the team headed into a season, whether it's a fireball or in college, or like even in the draft, it was Baker and Lamar, Heisman guys and Rosen and Donald with these like cool LA and then your other guy. Like this year you are the guy being talked about on that team and I think you're enjoying it. Is that, is that fair? I, I don't know if it goes as far as that. All I know is I love football. I love okay. playing this game. Every time I get to go out there, it is it is the funnest time of my life. And I'm going to try to play that that game with the same enthusiasm that I had when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, playing flag football into peewee football throughout mm-hmm. high school. You know, I, I was in junior college not too long ago. So I take it with a grain of salt and know that, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to be here, um, but we found mm-hmm. a way and I'm enjoying it. And it's been incredible to watch. And we're working on that first track on the album. Josh, in your in your personal life or – professional life, anything, financial life. Are you a big goal guy? Like, do you like set down and write down the goals and all that? Is that your thing? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big picture goal guy though. Like I, okay. I'm not so much of the little stuff and I'm not super technical or concrete on like the, the little details. Um, and I do know that little things add up to big things, but obviously like my goal for this year, like do whatever it takes to help this team win a Super Bowl, And that, that's mm-hmm. the goal on our mind. I think everybody from one to 53 on our, on our roster, we had the same goal. So, uh, and then off the field, you know, I, I keep it light. I'm, I'm a very uh, easygoing guy. I go with the flow sometimes to a detriment, but uh, you know, that's, that's how I live my life. My, my dad's easygoing. I learned from him. Um, I like cracking jokes and uh, having a good time. When is going with the flow to your detriment? That's interesting. You know, uh, like in terms of who, who I'm hanging out with, you know, if it's my mm-hmm. teammates, um, I'm very lax. Like when people say they want to come over, like, it's like, absolutely come on over. And That's I great. get there. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I probably should have checked in with my girlfriend first. You know, <laughs> she probably had something planned for us. Um, so I, I, you know, in terms of that, uh, that, that's the only really flaw I think that, uh, that kind of has, but, um, again, I, I, I just love and enjoy being around my friends, families, and, and teammates. And um, yeah, we, we, we do have a good time though. She's like, Josh, why is Dawson on the couch again playing video games? We, we have to go out tonight. But if that's your biggest problem, whatever, that's awesome. That's a good problem. That's all exactly. right. <laughs> um, so Josh, you have a yeah. reasonably big trip to your home state in California uh, th- this week. Long flight. What do you do on the plane? I'm a movie guy, so... I'll download Let's go. two or three for the, the plane ride. Obviously, it's about a four and a half, five hour. And I, I know we're going to get into some movie topics here, and I'm going to yeah. probably download some of the ones that you're asking me to watch, and we can you know, talk about that uh, on the weeks to come. Um, but there is a couple that I want to watch. I want to watch Whiplash with Miles Teller. I've been trying to watch that one. Uh, I think this is a, a perfect time to watch that one. I just watched The Offer, and obviously he killed it in Top Gun. Um, so I'm, I'm, bit, I'm on, a, on a Miles Teller trip right now. 
I, I love you, dude. Whiplash is so good. You're like, it's a movie about jazz drumming? That's going to really blow my hair back? Yes, it is. And J.K. Simmons wins the Oscar. You are going to love that movie. And we are going to get into this. I got some thoughts for you. And I think you have some thoughts for me. Before that, okay. though, we got to talk about, um, I guess it'd be like one of those Final Destination movies or Saw movies starring Aaron Donald. Good God. Let's just talk about this. When I watch the guy... I'm reminded of like those maniacs in Spain who run from the bulls. <laughs> like, what is it like for you? You're gonna have to play against them. What's it like for you to watch Aaron Donald tape? Well, you gotta have a plan. You gotta know where he's at at all times. Um, you know, whether it's sliding protection to him or getting extra hands on him with a running back or a tight end. He's he's a nuisance, man. He just doesn't stop. And the thing about watching their tape, you know, most most D linemen they rotate in and out. You know. He's like always in the game. Rarely does he come mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, Rarely does he mm-hmm. need a break. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a praise to his work ethic and, and how he's able to stay on the field um, and continue to make plays. But the dude just has an all-time motor and everything. Everybody knows, you know, he's an all-time great first ballot Hall of Fame guy. Um, you know, every single year he's always in the running for a defensive player of the year because of what he puts on tape, the pressure that he puts on opposing offenses and, and their protection plan. Uh, and he makes everybody around him better. He really does. I am so excited to watch you play against them. And I know it's the Bills versus the Rams. But look, I, I know how you play. I've watched you play a lot of football. You are fearless. And he's going to do the Aaron Donald thing where he comes in and tries to eat your soul. And you're going to do the Josh Allen thing where you're like, I'll stiff arm a freight train. I don't care who you are. Like, are you ready for that battle? Because it's, it's coming. You know, you're lying and you love them and they're working. But like, he's going to find his way through at some point And you're going to have to do your thing. Yeah, and, and hopefully uh, those are limited, but we know those are going to happen, you know, with a, caliber, a player of his caliber, you know, but getting the ball off on, you know, on time, um, putting it where our receivers can get it, you know, trying to wear down maybe early with not getting to me, you know, some quick passes here or there. Uh, can't mm-hmm. give away too much of the game plan, but sure. um, just, you know, really limiting his impact on the game is what we're trying to do. Tell me this, if the look is right and you got your guy out there, you gonna chuck over to chuck a few over to uh, Jalen Ramsey's side? You know we'll, we'll see. Um, again, they they they're pretty pretty talented on defense. You know between him, uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, the addition of Bobby Wagner, and I, I can I can mm-hmm. name a few more. But they're smart, savvy players, and again they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and their defense is a big reason why. Um, you know they hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, so. We've got our hands full. We've got to find ways to, to move the ball and score on them, and it's, it's no easy task, believe me when I say that. You know, I use the word fearless to describe you, and you know, Brett Favre was fearless, completely fearless, but he's the all-time interception leader. Rodgers is totally fearless too, but he never throws interceptions. Is fearlessness a good thing for a quarterback? Like, where do you come out with that? I, I'd say so. I think uh, – yeah. You know, there's there's certain times where being fearless is better than um, understanding, you know, you, I can't make this throw and finding my check down. But to have that internal belief of I can make every single throw on the field. Um, I see things, you know, as they're happening, as they're unfolding. I've done my preparation that I don't have to be scared about, you know, missing a, a key from the boundary safety. You know, I know where my eyes are at. I know what they're trying to do on defense and I can go out there and execute and try to play at a high level because again, of the preparation throughout the week, you know, practice, uh, allowing our, our practice squad. And I, 
I do believe this today was like our first practice squad moment. Yeah. Um, getting to see our practice squad offense and defense. I think we've got one of the, if not the best scout team looks in the league. You know, we've got guys flying over the place, all over the place, uh, trying to make some plays. And in turn, that's only going to make us better. Absolutely. And it's game week and it's, time, and it's go time. Here's what I love about you. You, you can talk about a key from the boundary safety and get into the deep X's and O's. That's what you do. But I don't think enough people know that you are big into things outside of football and you know music and entertainment and all that stuff. And we're going to lean into that. A couple of things about you and me. We got to have some competition okay. this year between us. We got to up the stakes a little bit and significant age difference. Like, I'm, were, you, were you born in like, are you born in 97, Josh? 96. 96. All right. So, so 96, I was starting my senior high school football season. 96. So significant age difference. And we're going to do that right now with a game that we call age old questions. Here's the deal. I have a couple public figures from 90s, 2000s era when you were a little kid or before you were born. And then there's a couple that you're going to show me that I haven't seen that are for your generation. Like people are really big now, blowing up now, and we'll compete to see who can get them the most. You game for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Days before he takes on Aaron Donald, Josh Allen takes on me in age-old questions. I'm going to show you a celebrity. Think out loud and tell me if you can name this celebrity from way back in the day. Who is this Josh Allen? Who is that? <laughs> so, first glance, um, is that Pamela Anderson? That's my guess. You know what? It's a great guess. It is not correct. Um, it's sort of like, okay. due respect to the, she's deceased now, but it was kind of like a little bit of a dollar store, Pamela Anderson. That's that's Anna Nicole Smith. Have you ever heard of that person? Okay. I've heard the name, but no chance I could have matched that name to the face. No chance. All right. So before, like when you were a little kid in diapers, Anna Nicole Smith was everywhere. She married a billionaire. She was in movies. She had her own reality show. Everybody was talking about her. So you didn't get it, but now you get to turn it on me. Give me somebody, and okay. I promise I haven't seen these. This okay. show has integrity. Give me somebody from your era, okay. and I'll see if I can go up one nothing. Who do you got? I, I go got ahead, a guys. couple for you, and I don't think you're going to get them. All right, what do you got? <laughs> oh, no. Um, all right, I think I know what show this is from. I never watched this show, but I think it. I think that's from that Rugrats show, which was not my show. So I heard... Um, there's a character on Rugrats called Tommy Pickles. <laughs> Is that Tommy Pickles? I don't, I don't know. Am I right? That's correct. <laughs> That's Tommy no, I'm Pickles? Wow, <laughs> oh, dude. No, no. I thought I nailed it. You pump faked me. <laughs> this is Otto. Otto from Rocket Power, one of my uh, favorite uh, cartoons as a kid. So I'm going real young on you. I, I did a couple. I got my, my next pick. Um, is going to be, I think, easier for you, but it's also along the lines of... Uh, of auto here. Wait, what the hell's Rocket Power? I've, ne I've never heard of that. What is that? It's maybe the greatest cartoon of all time. It's uh, <laughs> you know, a show about four friends and they, they're extreme. Like they skate, they, they rollerblade, okay. they live on the uh, coast of California and have a great time. All right, well, if you say it's true, Josh Allen will be looking to show his own Rocket Power to the Rams this week. But in the meantime, we're, we're over. And I, you were close. I, I, I wasn't even yep. remotely close. Let's give Josh another one. This is something from my era, age-old questions. Josh, who's that? Uh, I don't know the name, but I know what movies he's in. He's in Austin Powers. He's Mini-Me. Yeah. Um, but I, I, couldn't, I could not give you a name. So All I right, think so you got Mini-Me, but you, you can't give me the proper name. 
All right. I wonder if I say it, will you know it? Uh, the, the, that gentleman's name also passed away. Very morbid segment. Is Vern Troyer? Ring a bell, Mini Me or Vern Troyer? <laughs> no. All right. I'm gonna give you point five for I that. Know, I know this. <laughs> That's it. That's all. I give know. me one okay, more, I'll and if I get it right, I win. I don't think you're getting this next one. Yes, I am. Okay. Watch. I promise, I get it. <sighs> guess. I guess what. I believe, you know Alan. This. I think that is Jimmy Neutron. Let's go! Is that right? <laughs> Jimmy bleepin' Neutron for the win. I don't know what show he's in. I don't know what he does, but I've seen that kid before. Are you a big Jimmy Neutron guy? Oh yeah, I, again, this, I'm trying to go young on you because I was just trying to surprise you, but uh, now that I know that, next, next, uh, next week is gonna be a different story. But yes, that is Jimmy Neutron. It was from the show, Jimmy Neutron. Um, great show. They, they, there was a movie, the Jimmy Neutron movie was fantastic. Um, but yes, he's a boy genius that just makes all these gadgets and gizmos. Okay. Um, listen, they were great. We went double cartoon. And we're going to get you out of here and send you to the Rams game. But we have one more piece of business. You've talked about it earlier, Josh. Uh, I know a lot of athletes who like a lot of movies. I've never met one who is into them as much as you. You said you already got whiplash loaded for the trip to L.A., so again, I think there's a lot of movies maybe from the 80s and 90s that you just miss, not your fault, you're just young, and then some from now that I haven't hit. So I propose that this season we do uh, a segment and it's called Watching Film, where you go away for the week, okay. I'll give you a movie, you win it, and then if you want to come back the next week, I'll watch it and we'll do like a little like film festival and rate them and everything like that. So are you down? Absolutely, absolutely. Especially on these away trips, it's pretty easy for me to... All right. Download that movie. So get on we came up with a whole and, uh, bunch of movies. Home. All right. We came up with a whole list of movies. And what I want you to do is just go through it, Josh, until you've hit one you haven't seen. Even if it's number one, talk out loud. Go through this list and land on one you haven't seen. Okay. I've not seen Heat. That's I've it. seen Goodfellas. Okay. I've seen Heat. Heat's the first one I'm watching. All right, Josh, I am so excited for you okay. that you have not seen Heat. It's, it's, it's going to be one of your favorite movies ever. Watch it on the trip. And it takes place in L.A., so it's perfect. Watch okay. Heat. And then do you, want, do you want a backup movie in case? Is there anything else on the list there? Yeah, there's a few. These are some old ones. I've seen Goodfellas. I've seen The Program. Mm -hmm. um, I think those are the only two, really, that I've seen. I've seen Braveheart, so three. So Okay. And I've never We're gone around do this week to week. Shawshank. I just never had that time. Oh okay. my gosh. You, I'm so jealous that you have not seen those movies before. But let's just do number one on the list. It's perfect. You're flying to LA. You're trying to, you know, rob the Rams of their celebration. It's like, it's a bank heist movie. It's perfect. And you can get it. Pacino, okay. De Niro, I am so excited to hear you. Everybody watching at home is like, you haven't seen Heat? He hasn't seen Heat, guys. He's going to watch it. Um, so that's your assignment. Bring it back next week and we'll talk about it. In the meantime, dude, uh, thank you so much for doing it. All the best luck in LA, all the best luck this season. We're gonna be checking in every single Tuesday. So much respect for you, man. You're the coolest and uh, I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on, Kyle. That's him. The action is the juice. Lions, tigers, and tailgates. Oh my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich Smoked Sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, 
Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's the man. That's the man. And you heard him. Each and every week right here in this basement. How about that guy? Got to go battle Aaron Donald. I ask him, are you going to chuck a couple over at Jalen Ramsey? We'll see. And I know what everybody's freaking out about. Never seen Shawshank. Never seen Heat. Never seen him. Well, he is going to have to uh, crawl through 500 yards of bleep-smelling foulness. I can't even imagine to win the Super Bowl. That's Josh Allen. Every single week he'll be back. And so will this. This is a segment where I can't keep track of all the headlines. That's why I need my help. I need my help from my guy Sam Pepper in a segment that we call Brant Awareness. There it is, and there he is, Sam Pepper with the headlines. Uh, Sam, when you chose that as your stage name, did you consider anything else? Uh, no, this is this is my real name, Kyle. I, I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> I know it's I know it's really hard to believe, but the peppers has the peppers have a long family history. Is that true? All right, I have all sorts of yep. questions about the fact that your last name is Pepper, but we're gonna have a long relationship between us in the basement. It's a spicy name. It, it's it can go a lot of ways with it. It can be Freudian. It can be everything, and it's just it's just content in and of itself. But that's what you do there in your basement. That's Sam Pepper's basement, like in the expanded basement universe we're concocting here. But Pepper, that we promised headlines. What do you have, my we friend? Did. All right, first up, Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a new contract. Last month, he said he wouldn't negotiate once mm-hmm. the season began. Well, the season's mm-hmm. pretty much here. John Harbaugh says that Lamar is locked in on football, but hopeful to get a new deal. What do you make of all this? First of all, good, clean read, Pepper. You, you we're off and running. <laughs> we're, it's showtime. Beautiful. I know you stayed up all night practicing. I love it. You're made to be on camera. Here's what I make of it. Uh, first of all, I picked the Ravens to win the AFC North. I did. Uh, I know that everybody's loving the Bengals, and I actually picked the Steelers to make the playoffs, too, as a wild card. So, obviously, I have a lot of faith in Lamar. Um, I also have a lot of faith in John Harbaugh. When all the quarterbacks are good or seem to matter, go to the coaches. I just can't see John Harbaugh just getting uh, beaten around and pistol-whipped in the AFC North like they were on the field last year. Here's my take on Lamar. It's not going to get done in the next few days. It's just not. It's, it's too strange of a situation. There's no agent. He's always been a little bit different. I mean, remember coming into the league... He's just like, I'm not running a 40. Right? Yeah, but Lamar, you're, you're going to run a 4-3. Like, you should run a 40. It doesn't mean you're not a great passer. But then there are always these terrible takes about how he should change positions. So I think he has a lot of strong convictions in doing things his way. Here's my problem. He says, and this, this I can't help but like be amused by this. He says, I got a deadline. Once that season starts, I'm not talking contract. Okay. I wish I could talk to Lamar. I really respect that. And you, you want to make it all about football, and you don't want it the distractions of money, and you just want to be watch the film and be a good leader and be a good teammate. That's great. However, Lamar, you start 2-0, you start 3-0, you start 6-0, and your phone rings, and it's, it's the Bashadis, it's the ownership, it's the everybody, and they say, you know what, Lamar, like, we want to give you the $280 million guaranteed. 
you're the man. We're going to give you Aaron Rodgers money to be our, our guy for the next several years. Do you honestly say, no, no, I, I, am, I have a, a deadline with all due respect, sir. I promised myself I would not talk contract. I, I can't hear you. La, 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 la. No, no, Lamar, I, I, we get it. We, respect. we want to give you all the money in the world. We want you to be our quarterback for the next 12 years. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to end this call. Like he's talking to someone about his, his uh, car warranty or something. I have to end this call. I have to watch this, this uh, Steelers tape. Lamar, I just hope that you're not doing yourself a disservice. Sam, the ex-players get so mad about Lamar and that he should not be playing one snap until they have the huge contract. And he's so different, and I like that he's different, but I don't buy for a second that he would not take the offer. So when anybody who's saying, once the season starts, the offer won't happen. The offer will happen. He has common sense. I think he will take it. I think we'll get there. What do you make of all the activity on social media? He's liking things. He's retweeting things. That. Anything that I supports that. him. Memes. <sighs> what do you make of all that? The kids these days, Pepper. The kids. I follow Lamar. I, I, I watch him anyway. And he does do some funny things. He Most of Lamar's retweets are like him doing a laughing emoji at like someone walking into a glass door. Like it's not, it's not, it's not the most sophisticated stuff, but it's my kind of stuff. So I don't see him doing like these, look, if it was Aaron Rodgers and we'd have to go in deep into the Zodiac and Tolkien works and all these crazy um, metaphors for where he's thinking. <laughs> I think Lamar's like, I kind of want to play football. And like the crazy thing about Lamar is that like, would it shock anybody if he's like, you know, I think I'm good with like 30 million a year and maybe we can just buy me some new wide receivers and win some Super Bowls. Totally respectable take. But people be like, what? You can't take one penny less than you're worth. You I don't know. This thing is going to be different. And let's just celebrate, Sam, that we have this kind of talent, an MVP guy who's just a different drummer. You know, we could easily just Rosenhaus the bejesus out of this thing and get him all the money in the world and the Ravens will probably never win a Super Bowl. I respect that Lamar is different. It's not easy to do what he's doing. When you see Russell money, when you see, obviously the Deshaun money, it's just nauseating, but you see any of that stuff, you're like, I want that. He's like, I don't know. I'm kind of getting ready for the season. I, I think it's kind of cool and he'll get his money. I agree with you. Well, let's stick in the AFC North. It's official. The quarterback battle in Pittsburgh is over. Mike Tomlin announced earlier today that yeah. Mitch Trubisky is the Steelers starter over Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Trubisky also named captain, Kyle. Your thoughts? Yeah. I, honestly, I'm, I, look, you hear me going, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ride that Pickett Express. It's so weird because this year we don't have these rookie quarterbacks who are playing. We, we don't have any of these. We don't even have a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance like last year or Burrow the year before. Like they, this, this quarterback class apparently was just, I don't know, just kind of a dud. Like Malik Willis isn't getting on the field and Ritter's not. So I, I always go by and judging these guys in the preseason. Everybody watching at home, you all have your system. All I care about in quarterbacks when they take the field, do they have it? Do they just have it? I, sometimes you could, you could throw... Three for six in your limited play. And I don't care. Do you look the part? Do you look like the... And Pickett has just looked the part. Now, I go way back with Trubisky. I've interviewed him several times. I, obviously, I've met him in person. We've had a catch. We, like, I like Mitch. Mitch is a really good person and a really good teammate and really professional and works really hard. And I, I think that's why people talk about that a lot. Here's a red flag for quarterbacks. Quick sidebar. Quick sidebar. We're going to do a quick sidebar. Um, in life... As in football, be very careful to observe what is the first thing someone says about someone when they're hyping them. It's the old thing about, well, I want to set you up with this girl. She has a great personality. And that's a very cliched way of looking at it. 
But in the quarterback space, if the first thing that they say about the quarterback is that he's a hard worker, get out of there. I'm not saying it's not important. You have to be a hard worker. But not first. First thing I want to hear is he can throw the hell out of the ball. First thing I want to hear is he's really talented. Then we'll get to the hard work, and I'll make, I'll make it specific. All we have heard about Daniel Jones for four years is, man, does he work hard? I know. <laughs> I know he works hard. So does a mailman. So does anybody. It, I, you're the quarterback of the Giants. You are not my child's first grade teacher who works really hard. I need you to be prolifically talented. Here's what I want to hear about a quarterback. Trubisky, Daniel Jones, all these guys. Oh, man, he is amazingly talented, incredible arm, great feet. Oh, also, he works really hard and is a great teammate. In that order, be very careful in life if anybody makes you an offer or does anything and starts with one of those, like, secondary or deep, deep cut compliments, it's always going to come back to burn you. End of sidebar. Um, Mitch Trubisky is what he is. I will say this in his favor. I got a nugget, Sam. You want a nugget? This is kind of crazy. I unveiled this I'll this morning. I'll always take a nugget. Um, Mitch Trubisky didn't lose the job in the preseason, and, you know, there's a little bit of concern of, like, what if he loses it in the regular season? How would he do that? What would be the scenario that Kenny Pickett comes in and takes the job from him? And it's like he's going to have to have, like, a three-pick game and lose the game for him. Okay. Mitch Trubisky, who has considerable starting experience, has never thrown a pick six in his career. He's never done it. And this goes back 70 years that if you have guys who have started at least 50 games, he's the only player to never throw a pick six. It is a historic fact about him that I don't think is irrelevant, which means he doesn't throw the terrible zero out of 10 decision throw that gets picked off and walked in. So if you're looking for Mitch to make the huge mistake to get picked on the field, he doesn't really make the huge mistake. So I think we're going to be waiting for a while, but I'm a little let down. I was ready to ride the picket rocket. So was I, so was I. All right, finally, a topic yeah. near and dear to your heart. Top Gun Maverick. Let's go! Black Panther and is now officially fifth highest grossing movie of all time at the U.S. box office at $701 million. I think we have the full list. Let's take a look. Yeah, here's okay. the full list. Does any of this surprise you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, the Top Gun Maverick thing was in talks for years. And not, I mean, almost literally since 86. And I, I was always totally against it. Just leave it the hell alone. It is what it is. You can't repeat it. And now here I am looking at the number 701 million. So we're 59 back from Avatar. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number two, Avengers Endgame. And number one, Star Wars The Force. That's the number one highest grossing movie ever. Now I know it's all adjusted for inflation and stuff. But the fact that Top Gun is past Titanic. People, listen, Titanic changed the, the bleeping game. I remember I saw a stat that in 1997, I think it was, Titanic made a million dollars on Christmas Day. Like, there's a, a tiny little portion of the population going to movie theater on Christmas Day, and it made a million bucks. And every girl in the world and all the guys in the world, me, were, like, obsessed with Leo DiCaprio and kind of in love with him and going back. The fact that it went past that. Um, and also, like... People kind of wanted to hate Top Gun Maverick. Like, why did you bring this back? No new ideas, no creativity in Hollywood anymore. And you watch it, and it just cooks. It absolutely cooks. And you've seen the other thing. The reason people are going back. I, by the way, I, this is a democracy here, Pepper. I've seen the movie twice. I went back a second time. 
And part of the reason people are going back, there's this amazing internet theory. Have you seen this thing? I'm trying to remember the name of the girl. I don't have it in front of me. But she wrote, I think she was writing on Vulture. And her take, if you haven't heard this, and you've seen the movie probably based on the numbers, is that when Mav is flying that rocket ship in the first act, the one that like almost knocks um, uh, Ed Harris over, that when he ejects and you see him next and he lands in the diner, that he is actually dead, that he dies in that crash, and all the studies say that you can't, you can't um, survive ejecting at that speed, that the yeah, rest of the movie it's, it's... is a death dream. What is it? Allison Wilmore from Vulture. Great. Incredible, incredible opinion here. And think about this. The rest of the movie, everything is like beautiful and perfect. And he gets closure with Goose's son. And he meets up with the old girl from back in the past. And they go sailing together in this weird dream sequence. And at the end, she shows up in a Porsche. It just does, it's not real. Like none of it is real. And her take is, that's because it's not real, dummies. He's dead. He's in his weird heaven now. Pepper, are you buying that theory? I'm not totally buying it. I, I think that's a little <laughs> high level for Top Gun. Uh, the movie was fantastic, though. I feel like I knew that mission in and out by the end of the movie. That it was one of the yeah. best things I've ever seen. Up, all the way, down into the canyon. You got to drop the bomb. First hit it once, hit it again, and then pull up, and you got to pass out. Like It is like the craziest video game level ever, and I think that's another reason it's there. And the Iceman scene is amazing. You know what, damn it, I'm going to see it three times. It's Star Wars <laughs> The Force Awakens, completely redundant. They take all the same ideas from episode four. We're coming for you. What's her name? Ray and Finn and BB-8 and Poe. Uh, Hangman and Rooster are coming for your ass, and they got missile lock. Too close for missiles. In fact, we're switching to guns. Let's take them out, Pepper. That's Brant Awareness. We did it. Uh, I'm sweating. Pepper is eloquent as hell. I got all kinds of questions still about his name and places it's taken him. Sam Pepper, real name. That's it. I want you to tweet the show at KB Basement. You can do it right there. We're going to involve you. We got, it. we got a hotline you can call. We got tweets you can do. We can be part of this. But before we say goodbye... I mentioned the dartboard. I got a dartboard. How many shows do? And I don't mean some wacky set dressing in the moon cave. This is functional. It's not one of those electronic ones either. These are to put your bleeping eye out. Uh, my producers wanted to come up with a bunch of different random questions that we get in the show with that maybe they find interesting or you would. So bring up the list, and then we're going to do the dartboard. They got, here's the list. Dart roulette. Uh, from everything, what's the most random jersey you own? Embarrassing childhood memory. Go all the way down the list with me at the bottom. Who's the most overrated player in the NFL? How am I supposed to answer that? And then moving on, you got Days of Our Lives anecdote. I used to be on the soap. I sweat there too. Guilty pleasure snack. Some of these are winners. Some of them will be tedious. But here's the deal. Go to, go, go to the sky cam. Go to the sky cam. I'm going to walk over here. And I'm going to grab the darts. And I'm going to chuck one of them. And whatever number I hit is the question that I will answer as I mount the mighty Peloton and say goodbye to you. You beautiful people who have come in on show number one. Are we ready? All right, get the list ready. I'm going to fire it. I'm going to chuck this thing, and I'm going to land on... That is an eight. That is an eight. What is the eight question eight? Spoiler alert etiquette. Okay, that's fascinating. Spoiler alert etiquette. Um, Here's the thing. Just a little while ago... I was talking about Top Gun Maverick, and I started to say, well, you know, he ejects from that ship. And I hear all you babies out there screaming at me, oh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. 
The movie's made $700 million, and it's been out four months. There's no spoiler alert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what I take, and I'm going to talk about it anytime I want, and especially, like, I was talking about Goodfellas the other day on Good Morning Football, and I said something about when they whack Joe Pesci, and someone actually tweeted, spoiler alert, listen, we're in the age of streaming, and you can bring up any movie, any show, any play, any manuscript with a few clicks of your thumb. If you haven't seen the end of Better Call Saul, that's not my problem. I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it on TV. I'm going to talk about it in my basement. Guess what? You know what? Maverick doesn't die at the end. Neither does Rooster. Neither do any of the people. It's actually kind of improbable that none of the good pilots die. But guess what? If you didn't see it, 700 million reasons why you should have. That's it. That's how we do things here. I'm sweating profusely as I ride the Peloton, but also from the excitement that you guys joined us here today. We do it every single day here in the basement. Josh Allen every Tuesday. That is it. We are out. I love you. Goodbye.